Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. I said, Cullen, what if I did hymns instead of country songs? And what did I say? He said, what, what did I say? He said, do not do that. I said, no, nah, fuck that. I'll be so triggered. He do said, not do that. He said, triggered. And he said, first episode, Cullen hit record. <laughs> I'm going to do it. How could I not? And that's the one. That's the one we got. So, <laughs> drag his ass in the comments for not picking a better one. Oh, not picking a better one, huh? Not picking a better one. Well, uh, we'll just. Well, if you're gonna do a, a hymn, uh huh, for the purpose of like being obnoxious, uh huh, uh huh, there are far better ones, right? Oh, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> you you think you think that's my full repertoire? <laughs> Boy, I got a collection of Baptist hymnals that go all the way back to the 1800s on the shelf at the house. I've been in this. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Let's move on. What are we drinking today, Kelly? <laughs> I think he's legit bad, y'all. <laughs> now you got to tune in. <laughs> all right. Got to go to YouTube. See if I'm angry. Got to go to YouTube. Look at his eyes. See on my face. Maybe don't look at his eyes. Okay, what? What are we doing? What are we we doing? We do. Never mind. I was gonna say something. (laughs) Y'all know we filmed these in two batches, right? Yeah, and our first beer was. Oh, it was pretty light. It was only like seven point two. Maybe we feel it. I don't know. Uh, I I feel pretty great. (laughs) I feel pretty great. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So. our friends at Back Pew Brewing. Hey, they don't know who we are. I don't New know. New Caney, Texas. Oh, I thought it was Porter, Texas. New Caney? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is Porter. No, you might be right. I don't know. Come on. Where are y'all at? Uh, Porter, Texas. Porter, Porter Texas. Texas. Yes, Porter, Texas. Uh, uh, they're like right next to each other, if you didn't know. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, yeah, All that north, north of Houston life. And Adam actually did this beer. And On a previous episode. You on mean, a yeah. previous episode. And gave it. An ungodly rating. <laughs> like, would you get like eight, five, or some shit? I legitimately have no idea what I've said on any previous episode. So, uh, but yeah, probably eight point five because I am infatuated with this beer right now. It is my beer yeah, right now. Ungodly <laughs> score that he gave this beer. I did. Yeah, sorry. And um, and it's not like you know we've given some pretty outlandish scores. Like, I think there's one beer I've given a nine to. I think I gave a ten to something. That was, yeah. But I think it was satirical. I, was, I think I was being dumb. Anyways, this is the Tanuki from Back Pew. As I said, Adam has done it before. Look at that. Um, Look how beautiful that is. And if I remember correctly, its main, like, hoorah moment is uh, pineapple. Yeah, you should look it up because I can't actually remember all the things. But yes, that is the um, the reason why I keep coming back for more. <laughs> is I yeah, because you have a six pack, or you just bought a six pack at your house. I'm currently working through a six pack, and like I'm the kind of beer drinker where where I might drink one beer an evening, three nights out of the week. So I don't really drink a ton of beer. Um, but uh, this is one. So I got a six pack, and this is one that I have been slamming. <laughs> That's so funny too because it is not crushable. It It, is not. I mean, I think it probably drinks like it's crushable, but it's six, right? Six and a half, and that'll knock you on the ass, my buddy. After three, six point four. 
Yeah, it's good. Well, so it the, is I, not I crushable. I only drink like I normally will have one or two. <laughs> they're crushable beers. They do have some crushable beers, like their Blue Testament. It's an American Pilsner. It's I've never 5. had it. Five point two percent. It's very good. They have a light beer too somewhere. They have a hyper light. Um, oh yeah. Four point two percent ABV, ninety five calories, two point six grams of carbs. Yeah. And then they also have a Hefeweizen that's four point eight. Which that's I've gonna be their crushable beer. So, but tell us more about the Tanuki. <laughs> yeah, so the Tanuki uh, has equal parts Maris Otter and Pilsner malt. So, Maris Otter is just a touch darker on the Lovabond scale than Pilsner malt. I looked it up. Maris Otter is basically English. It's an English two row varietal. Yep, yep. Which it, it's an English two row. Versus where where here the most common filler malt is American two row, right? And it's a it's a filler malt with very little flavor when you compare it with Pilsner malt. Maris, Maris Otter yeah. has much more flavor and is darker in color and therefore darker on the Lovabond scale. And it seems to be a favorite over there at Back Pew because this is not the only beer that they use it in. They like Maris Otter over there a lot. That is true. Um, and then um, the hops. Uh, Varieties are Sultana, Azaka, and Comet hops. Oh, yeah, the Azaka hops. And the pineapple flavor, this is the thing I find so fascinating with this beer. The pineapple flavor is not an adjunct. They put no pineapple fruit in right. this beer. They do not. It is all from the Hornendal Kavik, Hornendal Kavik yeast. Yeast, it's the yeast. A German yeast that's producing this pineapple flavor. We, so, well, I think it's a com- I think it's how the yeast and the uh, the hops are are probably like, how they're complementing yeah, each other. Yeah, but it says we ferment it with a Hornendal Kavik yeast for a punchy pineapple type of flavor. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then add a healthy dry hop. Oh, and they dry hop it at saturation for extra aroma. And let me tell you, it was a smell like Cullen. It is <laughs> uh, popping. Yeah, with some flavors out of the out of the glass. I feel like it's a. I feel like it's the perfect tiki it's bar very, beer. It's very tropical. Like it tropical. is just fruits and like lemongrass coming out. But it's of not the cup. But like, but here's the deal, man. Uh, tropical IPAs these days means like mango and orange and citrus, citrus, citrus. I guess that's true. This is different. It's a tropical fruit. It's it's, it's like, like it's a pineapple. But yeah, it's pineapple and yeah. It's not a ton of citrus. No, it's like pineapple and mango and like yeah. It's a like, um, yeah. Uh, okay, you're gonna taste it uh, after you talk okay, about yours. Let me talk about mine. Okay, so I'm also doing back pew today. I've actually had this beer. Uh, well, this really because I was just looking at is this is the beer of the month. Um, have you had it? It's Bobby's IPA. Yeah, I just I actually bought it. Oh. the last <laughs> round of beer that we were supposed to drink, and then I ended up drinking it just off camera. Okay, great. So you know what? You're, <laughs> um, so this is, I guess, a seasonal. Uh, this is not like one of their all-time beers uh, over there in Porter, Texas. All right, let me tell you about it. Bobby's IPA uh, is a West Coast style IPA, seven point three percent alcohol by volume, sixty-six IBUs. Obviously, doing 12 ounces in a can. Also, I learned that you can only purchase this at the brewery or our beloved H-E-B. Uh, I didn't buy that at H-E-B. Oh, where'd you buy it? Kroger. Oh, ding. Kroger coming for that space. Um, good for y'all up there in Porter. Uh, back pew. Okay. It looks very light. 
um, and uh, a little hazy, uh, but it looks exactly like a West Coast IPA should look. Uh, very light, uh, pale, thin head. What were the uh, IBUs on it? 66 IBUs. Just as hobbits like to drink ale, eating tons of food and socializing while drinking ales and eating food, <laughs> so does our owner and brewmaster, Bobby. Okay, well, shout out, Bobby. Bobby. Um, for this IPA, we take a ton of Maris Otter malts. There it is again. Fermented with a Cali Ale strain. And I uh, looked this up because I don't know squat about this stuff. Uh, this strain is a favorite. Uh, it's uh, a versatile American ale strain used in well, various styles. You know, Bobby Harl, their founder and brewmaster, he knows his shit. Well, he, is, he has like a PhD in chemistry or some shit. Is that right? Yeah, that's what he can't. This is background. And then he also has an MBA. Yeah, okay. Dude is legit. Okay. So they, they got your Maris Otter Malt. So this is his beer, apparently. Uh, he's got your Maris Otter Malts, your Cali Ale Strain, and then dry hopped with four different hops. Mosaic, Citra, Cascade, and, and Strata. Strata. So this is a West Coast. Yeah. Well, Mosaic, IPA. Citra, and Cascade, West those Coast. are like quintessential West Coast style hops. This is a well balanced IPA with notes of citrus and slight hoppiness that is perfect for throwing in a mug and drinking by the barrel. Find Bobby's IPA in your local HEB. Okay. Huzzah. Um, cheers, mate. Cheers. So fucking good. I literally think my tongue is like um, hot blistered by that arrogant <laughs> bastard. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That thing was wild. Go to the last episode if you want to know what we're talking about. Um, okay, thoughts on your tanuki? Um, I'm blown away. <laughs> I think I tried it on the last <laughs> I think I tried it when you had I think I got a drink. Um, I'm blown away. It's uh, so rare that we like, <laughs> like he emphatically agrees with me. That never happens. It doesn't. Um, it, I feel like somebody, uh, <laughs> took the middle of pineapples out, duct taped them to their hands, like boxing gloves. <laughs> what? And just went wailing on my face. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that pineapple flavor is quite punchy as they suggest. Oh, punchy. I get it. You did a thing. That's funny. Oh. It's so tasty, and the hops isn't overbearing. It's really well balanced. It, you know what? Fuck it. It is crushable. <laughs> it you shouldn't crush it, but it. You want more? It is so smooth. It is so light. It's so refreshing. It and it's like you know it's a, a July middle middle of June right now. It's fucking ninety five degrees outside. Like it. I'm blown away. It, um, it's um, it's and it's unique. This is the thing. Very about Very unique. Like I don't yeah. know of any because a lot of fruit beers. There's a ton of freaking fruit beers well, out there, all, so, but they're doing adjuncts and not. Well, this. It's all adjuncts, and when you do those adjuncts, I don't care how you do them. You can always tell because the viscosity of the beer changes because that mm. citric acid shows up, and that never completely melds with the wort. That it just never does it well. And so the viscosity changes. You'll see like little oil hints and hues floating on the top of the glass. It there is just something very unique about this beer. And it 
Yeah, eight five. It is eight five. You said eight five. It is just that. All right, um, back pew. I look. I have never ever said in my entire life as a Houstonian, "Hey, let's go to Porter." Never once. <laughs> Until he heard about you guys. No shade to Porter. A little bit of shade to Porter. But, like, I think we legit, dude, this beer. Look, it's 7.2, or sorry, 7.3 uh, ABV. It's West Coast IPA. Um, 66 IBUs. And, like, it is, it is perfection. It's perfection. It has the perfect amount of, um, of hops to just, like, and it's got a little bit of sweetness, but it's kind of citrusy. And it's, it's what's crazy, like it's easy drinking, yeah. but still will destroy you. And the hops is like this perfect balance. Um, it says, I didn't read the uh, can. It said, the time has come. Let us crack open a cold one. I think this beer is designed to be crushable. Yeah. The can, the can it's has Bobby's IPA has a, has a drunken hobbit. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but it is 7.3, but I think, so this is my assessment of Bobby's IPA. This beer will get you in trouble. This beer will get you in trouble. Oh yeah. Both of them will. Well, the, actually that was a little more dangerous. Yeah, I'm telling it's you. A, it's a whole percent higher than I mine. think he intentionally designed this beer to be um, easy to drink. Um, um, like enjoy, like just like crushable. Yeah. But full of a perfectly balanced alcohol. We've really got to go to Porter, Texas. It's these are our kind of people. Look, man, I this is three for three uh, with um, uh, back view for. I've me. never had a beer. Actually, that's not true. I'm not a huge fan of the Seder Swill. That's the one I love. That's because that's a Bach. I loved that one too. Yeah, I just don't like it because it's as far as box go. I don't really like mine super and sweet. Do you remember what your comment was on that box? It's too sweet. Oh, and it was too boozy. Seven point two. Yeah, for a I buck, think yeah. these. I think these boys operating out of the back of the church pew are trying to get me drunk. <laughs> they are. I think they are because the beer is too good and too boozy at the same time. Yeah, like I'm just sitting here scrolling through like very few of their beers, like the the King of the Hells, the the look the man, King of the Hill beer that you want to try. I am a huge. King of the Hill fan. And I just like, I, I grew up with it as a hey, kid. Did you know my dad used to run a propane company? Oh my God. He, he was, was literally Hank the manager of a propane company. Oh my God. Propane and propane accessories. Anyways. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to give this beer in terms of West coast IPA. Let's Ooh, see. Hold on. Hold on they got see. a beer called the Chola with this sexy looking woman on the can. Whoa. Whoa. Careful now. Avert your eyes. You'll have to pluck one out according to your uh, holy scriptures. I think God gave me that for my holy scriptures. I'm gonna give this beer a a, a seven point nine. Seven point nine. That's pretty up there too, though. This y'all, somebody go to church, dude. Go they, to church. They have a seasonal imperial double IPA that is nine point five ABV and a hundred IBUs, and it is uh, it just looks incredible. Pine, resin, dank, citrus. 
Wait, Anyways. the Bronx Stomper? Yeah, the Bronx Stomper. Are you talking stomper. about the Bronx Stomper? I'm talking okay, about the Bronx Stomper. So they stomper. brought this up for rodeo season, and I tried to find it, and I could not get my hands on it. Uh, I bet you got to go to the brewery, man. You got to go to Porter, Texas. Porter, Texas. Man, they got a double Imperial. Okay, anyways. Hey, back pew. Y'all want to y'all wanna collab? We should definitely do Because your beer collab. is doing some things. Uh, let's, do a live, let's do a live recording at back pew. Let's make an event out of it. Let's make it. Let's make it happen. Let's let's let's, let's do some things. Dude. All right, all right, all right. What's what are we doing? I was just gonna say I'm gonna try their hyper light, and if I like it, take my money. I actually like it. I know you said yeah, you, yeah. It's a good one. I need to, I mean, I need to well, check it out. Let me say it's a good one as far as like those hyper light kind of beers go. Like the no, less yeah, yeah, than I get three it, I get carb it. kind of beers. Those are actually crushable. Anyways, but yeah, they're designed to be thoughts crushable. on the crushable uh, graphic. It's been in there for about like five episodes now. Crushable. It's every, true. Every time I say the word, I make Cullen do. I make Cullen do a th crushable. <laughs> See, he has to do it when I do it. Yeah, but not if we say it's not crushable. Um, not crushable. Not. Okay, crushable. let's talk about whatever we're talking about. Um, I could just literally talk about this beer all day. Well, I was going to talk about the Blue Testament, which you're looking at. Oh, yeah. you did want to talk more about <laughs> Just real quick. It's their, like, standard Pilsner beer, so it's what they want to put up against, like, you know, like Bud Light, Miller Light, that kind of stuff. Sure, yeah. Well, uh, no, no. No, I guess the Hyper Light's what they want to do that with, yeah, so it'd it's be, just like, what they want to put up against, like, Bud Lawnmower. Light. Lawnmower. Yeah, Lawnmower. Yeah, that's a great one. It's their Lawnmower. But... Um, which is sorry, it's St. only 5.2 percent uh i would say that beer is pretty crushable too if you're looking for another if you don't like the hyper light that beer is pretty crushable as well every sip is like a divine intervention on your palate is what it says That's what they say we got to figure this out okay all right let's talk about something else all right uh i do believe it is time to talk about christos victor and the crowd goes yawn um christus victor oh christus victor what does that mean that's not english what language is that yeah uh it's latin it's latin for what like how would you translate those words what's the victory of christ victory in christ jesus? the victor victory in jesus victory in jesus full circle folks full circle there's a reason why i selected that hymn there are for sure for sure more annoying hymns I did it on purpose because I'm just that thoughtful. I care a lot less now that I'm drinking. <laughs> All right, proceed. Victor um, we're going to talk about the victory over evil powers family of atonement theories. Go yeah, off, Queen. Or, or more so just this model. Because what else has been put in this family? Um, that other one about, uh, hold on, <laughs> Ran <laughs> ransom theory. Yeah, see, I don't want to put this here because I did. I disagreed with Ben on the episode. Ransom theory is about satisfying the wrath of God. It's not. It's not victory over an evil power when it's victory over God themselves. You would, I don't you think would, this you goes would, there. You would Ransom put it goes in, in divine restitution, restitution in some kind of weird way that God is restituting themselves. Restituting, coined it. Uh, okay, so we're talking. So Christus Victor is my model. It's okay. the one that I primarily view the Christian story through, and it's the one that I primarily view the world through. This makes sense based on your heretical, confirmed heretical confirmed. theological position uh, of your uh, your 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 warring my round of death. Yeah. Even though Ben at the end came full circle <sighs> and proved my point about making exceptions for other types of death. It's true. And and coming full circle, not only making those exceptions, but also 
granting me that things other than true death, slice his throat, he dies, should be instantiations of death. So he did prove my point while also explicitly rejecting it. Episode two is more aggressive always as well. All right. Uh, well, you know, it's the second beer. We, y'all can blame know. back puberty. We uh, just work in a little bit. All right. Uh, okay. We just do a thing. Okay. Uh, which is what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Christmas Victor. Christmas Victor. The whole, the whole concept here is that <clears throat> a wrong has been brought into the world. Yeah. Well, a wrong not- has happened. Transpired to humans to, caused to God though, right? Well, to the it like order. offends God's holiness. Well, in some ways, it wrongs God. That's what I'm saying. Be- yeah, only in the way that the way Christus Victor works is it it draws a very very hard line between God's goodness and the evil that is God other than Satan, the Hasatan. Yeah, the, the cosmic other power against God. But it draws a very, very firm line where the goodness of God, the Tanuki, is <laughs> the money zone. This cannot be touched. This is what we are protecting. Oh. The goodness of God. All this shit over here. Bobby. The, the Bobby's IPA. We can get rowdy. We, we can get a little weird with, with what happens over here. Whoa. The first most important thing with any Christus Victor atonement is that the goodness of God must be protected. Okay. That is what we're looking for. And so that goodness put in contrast against that evil, well, that right has to, like, that restitution still has to happen, right? The redemption of restoring it has to happen. And so what... Chris's victor has said, as they looked at the Bible and said, well, all throughout the Old Testament, God asked humans to write that wrong. Hmm. Time and time again, God asked humans to write that wrong. Moses and whatnot. David, mm-hmm. the man mm-hmm. after God's own heart, the quintessential human being mm-hmm. who's a rapist and a murderer. Show enough. Um, God asked humans to do it until the point God realized only I can do this. And then you get the story of Jesus. The incarnation. This is, you know, Ben referenced it in Athanasius on the incarnation. I know you've read it. That is, as far as like theological books from the patristic period, outside of Augustine's confessions, (laughs) that might be the one that everybody knows. And it's given over to Chris's victory. And it's also so much shorter. (laughs) Yeah, it's like (laughs) 85 pages or something. Good God. Yeah. Anyways. Um, But they read confessions even in like secular literature classes. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, this line with Jesus, it it is God themselves coming down to get the victory over the evil power. Now, and this is one of the reasons that I love Christus Victor is because I think one of the great problems with the American evangelical church is that they've forgotten who our enemy is. Our enemy is not the sin. The Democrats. Our enemy is not sin. Our enemy is death. And let me show you the difference. Uh, we, we disagree. If the on enemy this. is sin, you hate the gay person. Mm-hmm, if the mm-hmm. enemy is death, you hate the murderer. Mm-hmm. If the enemy is sin, you hate the drunkard. If the enemy is death, 
you hate Hitler. If the enemy is sin, you hate anybody that looks other than you and makes you uncomfortable because of their action that you deem bad. If your enemy is death, your enemy is anyone causing death, which is the common enemy of humans because all humans die. There's a very, very distinct difference. And the way that I used to communicate this when I was younger was, how many times have you ever heard somebody say, well, Jesus died for your sins? Bullshit. If Jesus died for my sins, it didn't do me no damn good. Jesus was resurrected. If you leave the story at death, who the fuck cares? Okay, so you're making... God died. But you're making a modification. You're making a modification of the Christus Victor. No, I'm not. Because the victory... Is in the resurrection, not in the. Okay, it's not oh, in the oh, death. Oh, oh, oh it's because not in the, it's not in the cross. It's I in guess, the resurrection. It's in the victory over death. Wait, is this why ransom theory doesn't fit? Because I was thinking of ransom theory when I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why. Work. This is why ransom theory doesn't work in that model. Uh, interesting. Okay. Hey, I, I, I deeply apologize. <laughs> uh, the buttons on this board feel nice. <laughs> Second episode things, y'all. <laughs> and I accidentally turned on the music at some point in the middle of that uh, that, that rant. But you have your <laughs> headphone in. Uh, oh, I know. I turned it off pretty quickly. <laughs> I heard it, and so did they. Anyways, okay. So that's a pretty good articulation of the Christus Victor. Um, I do think you're making some theological modifications there. Okay, hit me with them. Well, just because, like, in your model... Um, well, look, so like in Christus Victor, right, it's Christ's victory over what? The evil Well, it is powers? sin and death. Is yeah, it- sin, death, and evil. Okay, dang. I think I keep thinking about ransom theory because in my head I was like, it's Satan. But again, that's ransom theory. Well, not even really. It is, though, because ran- well, it's only he has in like the, the only keys or whatever. Satan is the medium through which God's wrath themselves is being satisfied. Like okay. ransom theory exists because God has a wrath that must be satisfied, and that is poured out on Jesus at the cross. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so with Christus Victor, Christ's death and resurrection are an assault on humanity's evil captor, Satan, and he is defeated by Jesus' resurrection, which was the point that you were making, uh, uh, from the dead which empties Satan's power over death. So it removes Satan's uh, empowering of death. This works in your model. It I does. Get it. Now, the downside of this model, downside of this, this model. This is also um, um, Martin Luther. Yeah. The downside of this model, patristic people, the ones that came up with it, would not go here, but it's like taken to logical end and getting to a danger point, its position there is that it just creates escapist theology because as you always so eloquently remind me, death is all around us here. So if God has really created victory over death, then it doesn't matter because I don't experience here. Right. So it's just when I float away to heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, This is the danger of it uh because what patristic people would say is absolutely wrong. This is at one minute. You are coming at one, restoring your at one relationship with God, and you need to be enacting victory in the same way as Christ right here in the places where people are experiencing death because our goal, the message of the New Testament, the message of Jesus, is that the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus never once told you you were going to float away to heaven. You got that idea from Paul. Jesus told you that you were bringing heaven to earth. 
Mm. Chris's Victor is built with that in mind, but when you take it out of its context, it can very easily lead you to escapist like heavenly theology that you know, like Jerry B. Jenkins. Shit. Jerry B. Jenkins. Uh, <laughs> shots fired. Tell us how you feel about Jerry. Uh, sorry. What's that other guy? Oh, Tim LaHaye. Tim yeah, LaHaye. Him too. Don't leave him uh, out. He got just as much money off that nonsense. Hey, uh, this is like new segment. Uh, breaking news. Uh, the Southern Baptist Convention has just voted to kick out two churches out of their fellowship for, for women for ordaining women pastors. Who on was staff. it? Because they already they already kicked out Saddleback. No, no, Saddle, Saddleback was one, and it was official. This was the official. Oh, this vote is the out. one where it happened. Okay. I don't, I don't know the second one. That I didn't. stuff was already going down. Like that was gonna happen, but it just officially happened. Uh, once again, the SBC has just officially once again uh, publicly. And and globally, given the middle finger to, to all women, women, all women, fifty percent of the population, they are still stuck in nineteen sixty two. Like they they they, it is ridiculous. There's so many things, but they also but they won't say boo about the multiple pastors in their ranks that are raping children. But the women got to get out. Okay, sorry, that was an aside. It just that just happened. I figured you would have thoughts. Well, considering that those used to be our people, and those are the people that raised us, uh, I have lots of thoughts, but they're quite <laughs> angry thoughts, and I've already cursed a lot in this episode. Ranting. Uh, um, triggered. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, down with the SBC in all of its forms and fashions and ministries. Um, okay, so Chris's Victor, one thing I was going to ask you was... Um, down with the sickness. Oh, see, because they are a sickness. See, like you should bring songs to each episode as well. Oh, uh, nobody would know my songs. songs. Well, I mean, we all knew down with the sickness. Um, I guess that's true. Guess that's okay, true. so wait, wait, wait. What is going on? Uh, you put me on the spot ontologically last time, but <laughs> but what what is ontologically you might say? But what I what I want to know is what's going on with the individual human. Like at what point does the victory of Jesus over the powers of death and Satan's power get applied to the individual human? Does that happen at some confession of faith or does that happen like post-mortem or does that happen uh, like, is that a singular moment when that victory or is that victory like, like, um, 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 like for the next age, like it's when like uh, Jesus is the king again or whatever. Yes. Um, Come on, man. Cop out. Well, it's not a cop out. It, in some ways, it's a both and. So that is what we call a cop out. Give me a graphic, Cullen. Cop out. (laughs) (laughs) When he does this, he puts me on the spot, and then editing Cullen has to go back and figure out what the hell to put there because he can't not. As if this stuff's not taking enough creative juices. Adam's just like, here, have this one. Cop out. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Sorry. It's the both and. It is a both and in some ways because like I I have to believe that my job as uh, a a hermeneutic, a, a reader of the text is to take Jesus at his word. And when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. not only do I think that means that he genuinely is the way, the truth, and the life, okay. but I also think that means that like that has some kind of meaning for me today. That ain't just for by and by and some bullshit when we're like angelic creatures or whatever y'all believe. 
Like, no, that, that ain't what's happening. Like, Jesus healed people. Jesus touched lepers and made their wounds go away. Jesus grabbed people by the hand that were lame for their whole life and stood them up and let them walk. Jesus changed people's lives today. Not just some gone by, gone by and by way later in the future that's ethereal and nobody knows what's going to happen. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. I think I hear what you're saying. But what I also want to say is... I think Paul helps us put a lot of this into context that salvation in a very much so already not yet kind of structure. None of this shit matters until you die. Mm. Like See, but when, that's because, well, and I that's would say a problem. No, I don't know what I would mean in any kind of afterlife conversation. Okay. None of it matters until you die. I, my soteriology, my soteriology. So my salvation, Applied, salvation accomplished is atonement. Yes. What's accomplished I see, yeah. in the cross and resurrection? Ben was talking about this. My soteriology, my salvation applied, is theosis. So with every day that goes by, but I believe that it's actually ontological. I believe that there's a scenario in which I can have a divine moment with God on a mountain and I could come down glowing. I genuinely believe. I believe that Jesus' resurrected body that could float through doors, but also corporeal enough to eat fish on the beaches for breakfast. Yum. I believe that that is a deified body. I believe that is ontologically different. And I believe that all humans are capable of that. The question is, how do we do that? And I think that's a much longer conversation about theosis, which if you would like, Ben Blackwell and I did a series, uh, or Clayton and I did a series on soteriology on this podcast long time ago and ben blackwell was a guest he and i do two episodes on deification slash theosis a weird thing that christians uh most especially western evangelical christians do is they will travel to the holy land and they'll go to uh, the banks of the galilee and they'll eat fish uh like cooked over like coals and stuff because man because jesus did it that's just commercialism oh dude yeah (laughs) dude and those israeli capitalism (laughs) those israeli citizens just like milk y'all and they're like, oh yeah, let me let me fry up some Jesus fish on the banks of the freaking lake yeah. over here. Get get that American milk cow over here, and let me just milk all that money from. But, the, but then somebody goes, Adam, how do you know? It's because I, I paid him for it. I ate fish on the bank of the Galilee. <laughs> I've been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. Got the t-shirt. And telling you it ain't worth it. Hey, look, but but I did not get re-baptized in the Jordan like the rest of y'all. Man, that, all these people be doing that. It's theologically problematic. Um, okay, anyways, are we done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I you just said eat fish. I don't know. Uh, Christus Victor, you you said it. It it solves a lot of problems for me. It fits. Um, it fits up. Christus Victor fits a much more holistic theological nerve than just solving the issue of atonement for me. If you watch the episode with Ben, um, I think I referenced several times in there that it's hard for me to have any atonement that doesn't oh, have yeah. some connection to liberation because liberation is the main theme of restoration throughout the entirety of the Bible. Yeah. And so it's like the salvific constant that I have uh, that's like 
No matter what time period of the Bible, no matter what theological problems or social conversations the Bible and its authors are having, the one constant I have is that salvation is liberation. Christus Victor is the only atonement model that gives you that. The other one, actually I take that back, one of two. Ransom theory. No, the other one is penal substitution. Well, yeah. But it's a whole nother host of problems. And we're going to talk about that one on the next episode. Of Pints and Perspectives. Graphic here. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Pints and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.